you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey, it's Handsome Hank here. Back by popular demand, I want to tell you about fantasy football leagues on FanDuel. Your season-long league is probably over, but the one-week fantasy football leagues on FanDuel have never been bigger. So don't wait till next year. Play more fantasy football right now for real cash over at FanDuel.com. A guy called Matt Nichols from Ohio turned a $25 deposit into over twenty-five grand playing fantasy football on FanDuel. Join him and hundreds of thousands of other users who've already won money. I'm going to go straight over to FanDuel, start with an entry fee at just $1, set my lineup each week, and win every week because I know I'm good enough, and I'm guessing you probably are too. Damashek, not so much. Go to FanDuel.com, click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner, use Dave's code DDFP, and sign up right now. There's a new user special at the moment, so FanDuel will give you a bonus of up to 200 bucks on your first deposit, and for every dollar you deposit, FanDuel will match it up to $200. That offer's only good for the first 50 people that use the code DDFP. FanDuel.com, where every week is a new season. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program, available as always on Stitcher, iTunes, and NFL.com. Slash Shek. Table of contents as week 15 is nigh. Alex Smith, the the quarterback of your Kansas City Chiefs, coming up. We kibitzed with him a little while ago. We'll have that one for you. It occurred to me just in front of that interview that it's a good thing, or, well, I asked him if he likes the color red because if he doesn't, that would really be, you know, that would the fates really got into. The football gods smote him early on because Utah – San Francisco, and now the Chiefs. They That's all a great point. Yeah, he brings all Now, see, you hear that voice there. So you know that I am not alone here in Studio 66. Maximum strength. 
What makes it maximum strength is that, of course, we have video capabilities now. And so be on the lookout on NFL.com and NFL Now. Track that down in both, not one, but both of those platforms because watching it twice is twice as nice. And uh, also making it maximum strength in the studio today. One of my favorite shows is when we get these fellas together. We do it every week for the Red Challenge flag segment. First of all, we'll say hello to the guy whose voice you just heard there with the Southern drawl. It's Elliot Harrison, and you read his work. Let me uh, let me promote, since I'm promoting my stuff, I may as well do his. It's the right thing to do. The, uh, the power rankings each week, you can see now that's in video version on now as well in written form. And his weekly picks, it's Elliot Harrison. What's the poop? Sorry for ruining the intro. I forgot to lay out. No. It's, it's only my 55th time on the podcast. Yeah, Sometimes I know. I, I'm, well, a and also, green, I'm a little green. And also, you're going to apologize for being late. Yes, I'm going to apologize for being late as well. You know, I want you for that. Yep. Yeah. Oh, who was that again? Percy what? Harvitt. Oh, yeah. Our pal Percy. Back yeah. in his relevant days. I want to track. Relevant. He was very good to, in Minnesota the other day, his return up to yeah, the Yeah, and Twin I sat City, him sir. in fantasy like an idiot. Um, and then also, let's say hello to the guy who you heard earlier this week on a very fine podcast and just moments ago doing that spellbinding read of the uh, the fan duel, which you really do need to go and check out there, especially if your fantasy team is out of the race, fanduel.com. But here he is. It's Handsome Hank, everybody. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. His name is Handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank, he's handsome Hank, he's handsome Hank. Hello, handsome, how are you? Very well indeed, thank you, Dave. I'm really proud now because normally when I sit here, I sit next to distinguished people like Elliot Harrison or Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, and you always intro them with like, here's what you can check out, you know, that they've produced. Mm-hmm. Now, up until now, I'm, I, you, you skip that bit and it's, it's kind of you in a way, it's considerate because I don't have an, I don't do much. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> now I do have something to my name, which is my FanDuel reads. And I really, yeah, and I, I almost... really feel like my voice work is beginning to flourish and, and grow. If I I am almost tempted to, to advise black tie behind the glass to go back and lift out the word the the read because that pulls the curtain back. I don't like to reveal right. because you do it so organically it just seems to pour straight from the I heart. Do. I do. I I bring it like that. And I, I thought um, your first read was a just a conversation when you did it well, with Drew Stanton. That's Drew. Drew is also very talented in on, on that front. I mean, his voice, his vocal coach has, has worked with him a lot. Yeah, and, a lot um, of emails, a lot of tweets, Arthur and Joseph. so on. A lot of well, uh, by the way, yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, social media feedback on the uh, the first fan duel read from earlier this week. Ninety nine percent talking of it about there. Excellent. Yeah, Drew Statton, who's usually in here, but instead he's in St. Louis for the Thursday night football game. And Handsome Hank hooked up for just a, a captivating back and forth about the virtues of FanDuel. I encourage you, nay, demand that you check it out. Like Picasso or, you know, any avant-garde sort of artiste, some people didn't get it. Others did, though. Was it they the will. love scene? It wasn't, but that's a, that's for consideration. Thank Speaking you, of social media, before we get to the Red Challenge flag pick segment, of course, where we will uh, where these two will compete, Elliot and, uh, and Handsome, or Smelliot. Are we going with Smelliot officially from when he showed up a couple weeks ago I'm fine on Showered? I'm fine with that. <laughs> I like that name. Um, and Handsome Hank hook up to uh, to pick and debate uh, who's going to win these big Week 15 games. And there are some big ones. And then Alex Smith. 
I want to try something else because I just referenced social media. Let's get into it here. It's, what are we calling this black tie? Social study, right? Social study, yeah. Yeah. I came up with that, and yet I forgot the name of it. That's a good name. Yeah, because you know why? Do you have social studies in school? Growing yeah, up? I was so, just going to ask. It wasn't him. history. Was it was social studies when you were Yeah, in why did school. they do it that way? I don't know. Why I was never it called history? Out. I never figured that out. They, then they changed in junior high, but up until sixth grade, it's social studies. Was it because it blended? I think it was because it blended. It wasn't just history. It was also sort of Native American culture. No, but right? it had, you had to learn the three branches of u.s government that's so that's not really history i mean it is can fold into history but really it's the the theory behind it and so social you're studying but that's not really social so much as it is political i thought it was because you had to learn about all the people that came over to the united states and settled it that's why i thought it was social studies i have no idea but that was my guess well i don't know and did you have social studies in in the uk Hansel? we didn't spend much time learning about the three branches of u.s government <laughs> no. or native americans no no, you didn't. No, surprisingly not. We had our own government, which is, I mean, they, if you think about it, you guys have got like histories that much, right? Mm-hmm. It, British history is, so we have to spend a lot of time just on history. It is weird, Excuse and I don't want to get into, I don't want to get into some sort of uh, human existence conversation, but when you watch Cosmos and you feel like, I remember going to, to Europe and feeling, you know, you, you you read about it before you go, and you you learn, and you realize, wow, we've been around for 250 years as a nation. That's a you know a drop in the bucket compared to to human history, and of course uh, the you know uh, Europe and so on. Um, but then when you watch the cosmos, the it, it 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 boggles the mind in a way I can't possibly fathom, and somehow it is all amounted to us sitting here and talking about uh, guys running into each other on purpose, and we're trying to figure out which one's going to do it That's better right. on Sunday. It's we're, very strange. We're supposed to do you and I NFL now and then after this. Maybe we should change it. We, you know, NFL now and then. We should really do then. We'll, we'll just it, me- it right we'll back. Just, <laughs> we'll just meditate on uh, on uh, man's existence. I don't know. That might be fast. I, I I think that really could be fascinating. Me and Smelliot. Weighing in on uh, on why Back we're when here. Men didn't what it shower, all means. Ever. <laughs> Damn, genius. You know, thank you, AJ Hawk. I appreciate that. And um, yeah, I, I uh, uh, that's a subject for another time. But I have often pondered: Do you did people before the advent of soap and uh, perfumes and shampoos and such did? Did everybody just think you stink, or did you just accept it because that was the status quo? There wasn't any. Was everybody like, "Oh, stay away from me"? You know how did how did how did human beings perpetuate um, the species given how bad everybody had to stink? You know, like I don't please stay away from me. But it would all be comparative, right? That's so what I'm saying. So there would still be the really stinky guy. But um, <laughs> so, who is the pig pen among cavemen? Right. Like, who but is they, the really? But, but yeah, every, everyone, no everyone thing, smelled right. as bad as Elliot does now. Yeah. But then there would be an <laughs> Elliot who would smell really bad, and everyone else would go, "Wow, that guy stinks." Well, yeah. that's a bit for another that day. Write that down, Black Tie, yeah. please. I want to make sure we do that. What smells worse, smelly it or you know, like we just bring in <laughs> yeah. terrible smelling items and see which which is worse. Jellyfish right. sting. <laughs> Black tie, red hot with the uh, with the drops, the drops today. All right, let's get into it here. Our new little segment here in which we will address what's hot in social media. 
specifically your notes to us and beyond. The first issue up on the social study comes to us from at that bow tie, a.k.a. Eric Robinson. He asks, can you and Elliot Harrison do a hardest QB to tackle championship belt from the Super Bowl era? Let's see if we can rank these out here. A couple of days ago, I say I said on uh, social media that I feel after a 10-year reign, perhaps the longest we've seen in the Super Bowl era, Ben Roethlisberger has finally given it over to, he passes the mantle on to Russell Wilson. If you watched him in Philadelphia, those, uh, those Eagles defenders must be having nightmares still about him spinning out of tackles, even when they wrap him up, even though he's not as big and sturdy as Roethlisberger and those kind of guys or Dante Culpepper types. He still has the ability, even if you get a hold of him, the ball sort of squirts out of there and flies out, and he, and he almost never gets sacked, it seems. So anyway, let's do it now. The hardest QBs to tackle from the Super Bowl era. Let's let's gather some names here and figure it out. I have a, a few ideas off the top of my head. EH, I'll start with you. I'll do uh, – here's three just off the top. One of them, <clears throat> I think you could argue that Roethlisberger, although I'm fine with that because uh, he's been amazing, is, is Romo. I mean, Tony Romo could just escape anything. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about passing the mantle, if you're someone that felt like Romo was that hardest guy, now the back problems have made it where he's just mm-hmm. not – he still has escapability, as does – Ben Roethlisberger, but not the same. Staying with the Cowboys, I just watched uh, Football Life. Roger Staubach, I mean, you know, I'm a Cowboys fan. I grew up a Cowboys fan, rather, and in the late 70s, we saw Staubach's mobility on NFL films. But when you see the early 70s Staubach and the guy that was visiting training camp when he was still in the Navy, oh, my gosh, some of those Naval Academy films were ridiculous. And then the last guy... No, well, again, let me just say about Staubach. If you see him, and they're you know the the grainy old Navy video, but besides that, yeah, it, like you say, I mean, pretty much through the seventies, this this remained true. He had that that ability that few other guys have. That you see that big uh, defensive end bearing down on him, and as he goes to get him, Staubach would duck his head down and spin away from it. It's and amazing. He, we, we, I think we've talked about this before. Staubach's one of those generational kind of guys that would make it in 2014. He would be gangbusters right now, especially imagine him running that read option and everything else. You know, he's, he's, he, um, he's really a lot like Russell Wilson, I suppose. I, I agree. I agree. And, and, you know, if you go past him, again, another subject of a football life this year, which is a great show if you don't catch it, is Doug Flutie. I mean, you can say what you want about Doug Flutie, but I've seen Doug, Doug Flutie was Fast. He was fast. And when he exploded, I think he was faster than Russell Wilson. I'm talking what? about his Canadian. I wonder what Marvin Lewis days. would call Doug Flutie if he says the things he says about uh, Johnny <laughs> Football. My goodness. Yeah, just some of the when I watched the football life, I, I never really watched a lot of his CFL stuff. My gosh. That guy All right, so dominant. listen, put those in some order for us here. You're naming names, but let's yeah. rank them here. I would go I would go Staubach one, hmm. uh Flutie two, Romo three, because Romo doesn't have that toughest to tackle once he's running down the field aspect. Staubach had it all, mm-hmm. whether it's pocket, running down the field, I would take Staubach. Handsome. I, th- I mean, I, I was thinking Starbuck. I watched that, and I thought it was fantastic um, football life. I think Fran Tarkenton, again, not a guy yeah. I watched in, in real time, but the, all the film I've ever seen of him, you, he's probably more of what you said about Roma, where he was incredible in the pocket, but mm-hmm. once he actually got going, he wasn't like super tough to tackle down the field. Uh, Randall Cunningham, a guy I loved, mm. I really truly loved watching was had that in the pocket i mean there's that famous and i can't remember who tried to tackle him but where he stiff arms the ground basically and pops back up and gets up for the touchdown 
Yeah, where he's basically parallel, he's with, parallel the with the ground. Yeah. He's parallel with the ground, he kind of stiff arms. Oh, yeah, the Carl Banks back. play. It's a Carl yep. Banks one, mm-hmm. exactly. And then um, I think a guy to watch, because I think he, he combines some of what you say about Roethlisberger and then some of the more mobile, the not quite as Starbucks level but I think Andrew Luck could I think oh, if, yeah. if he wasn't if he wasn't a guy a one. if he wasn't a guy who was so tough that he steps up in the pocket and he takes he does take a fair few sta- sacks at the moment but I feel like he could become that kind of player it's just that he has all these other talents as well so it's kind of put in the background that's a great one all right so let's rank them out here as much as we can and you neither one of you said him to me the number one of the Super Bowl era is John Elway do you, you don't see that? Neither one I, of you agrees with that. I would take. Talk about a guy who can I, talk I, about I, a guy who could run away from it and take the lick. If well, you, if, Steve Young in that same era yes. was you know was able to do the same type of. But thing. Elway was sturdier. He, I mean, he's a a big fella. But he just made a great point. If you had to pick the one signature play of the Super Bowl era about a guy being tough to tackle, it's Steve Young's run against right. Minnesota. I, that's well. That's a great point. You know, it, it's really about do, do you have an iconic moment or eight that you can hold up there? To me, Roethlisberger is really has to be in the top three uh, in my book because you know among his many again iconic plays, you know the Super Bowl pass to Santonio Holmes and uh, tackling Nick Harper to save the Colts game and all that. That's his most amazing play, if you ask me. I I still cannot believe that yeah. play happened. It's a great one, yeah. And uh, in fact, Ben Roethlisberger, when we spoke with him on this show, said that uh, Steeler fans let him know that that's their favorite play he ever made among all the great passes he's made. But you know, there was the game in Baltimore a handful of years ago when at the start Haloti Nada broke his nose and he took a beating all day long all night long I should say and Suggs had him wrapped up as the Steelers were driving and he had him dead to rights and somehow Roethlisberger pitched the ball out of bounds because he was outside the pocket kept the drive alive the Steelers ended up punching it in and I remember the game that as a result uh, of that it's such an innocuous looking play but it's one that few others but I'll tell you Handsome, your Andrew Luck call is pretty good. It's the lack of body of work, but he's he well, definitely you should and be top I 10. do those now and thens. The first now and then that we ever did was Andrew Luck and Roger Staubach. And hmm. uh, just one point on your Randall Cunningham: what makes Roethlisberger so tough to sack is just being big and strong. It's right. very Steve McNair esque. Mm-hmm. One of the things oh, about Cunningham, another guy yeah, we should have in there. One of the things about, and he does have the iconic play from the Super Bowl. One of the things about Cunningham is when he got out of the pocket, it was so hard to read how fast he was running because he had that long, long loping, loping gate. Yeah. How do you take an angle on a guy like that? Right. You know who's a lot, a lot like that in, in many, many ways? People have made this comparison before. Colin Kaepernick, as mm-hmm. bad a year as he's having throwing the ball and uh, uh, you know leading a productive offense, he remains a guy who, for all his size, never seems to take a, a big right. shot. It's remarkable yep. that that he does that. All right, let's rank them out here. So one, we disagree. You you won't have Roethlisberger as your number one. I right? wouldn't be or Elway. I should say no, Elway. and I because I feel like down the field Staubach was still the the right. most difficult to so tackle. So Staubach one, you sign off so. on that? Okay, yep. Staubach one. Who are we going to then? Well, can I throw another name in the mix? You may. Because I think people would we, will take issue if we leave him off. Michael Vick, for a three to five year span, was electric, and he was he was it's true. he wasn't hard to tackle in that he was big or, but he was so elusive, and 
a lot of it was more around the designed plays as opposed to the the kind of the, the Romo-esque mm-hmm. moments where he just escapes and rolls around back there. He he was always looking. To, his first thought was, I want to get yards downfield as opposed to I'm going to run around and try and mm-hmm. find a guy I agree with that. open. I agree with that. All right, some other names, though. Dante Culpepper was yes, basically mm-hmm. a poor man's Roethlisberger in, in skill set and should be mentioned. Aaron Rodgers is terrific at it. Steve Young, we talk about. Cam Newton, get well soon, Cam, and he yep. is uh, he is dynamite himself. So those are the names we're dealing with. If we go star back one, let's just try see if we can uh, if we can knock out uh, How many do we another want? three five? or four. Let's okay. get to five. Let's I'm at good least with get the, to five. To, to go to Dave's uh, points, I, I'm good with Elway because part of me – feels like at least a little smidge of this needs to be that not only were they tough to tackle, but they could still complete the yes. play. That's right. And, and I Elway think you talk about that. the iconic play, and there are many for him doing this. Yeah. But the backbreaker was against the Houston Oilers in Mile High. Yes, 91 playoffs. Right. Yes. Was it David Treadwell who kicks the field goal yeah. to win yes. it? But he makes a great play to keep a play alive. That was Sean his Jones. best. Sean Jones has him wrapped up, yeah. and he scrambles to his left and completes the play. So that was a great one. So Elway, two. I really, you know, I say Roethlisberger belongs three. I don't want to sound like I'm okay fine. with that. I'm okay. good with that not getting any arguments. And then Russell Wilson, uh, Mike Vick, Andrew Luck. What do we think? I think those are, I don't think we can put those three guys on the list right now. I'd have, okay. Steve, I'd have Steve Young. I, I think would I, too. I saw Steve I Young do it that. enough times that, that I think he has to be on that. All right, and then we will round that out with, uh, do you want to go? I mean, listen, I think you could put Russell Wilson, but do you want to go Fran Tarkenton for here? For Fran, maybe. I think Fran. Fran. Listen, yeah. the kids Hamlet. love it. The kids will feel ignored. Right, Black Tie, if we don't mention some current player. we got to name okay, some well, I'll mention. I, I'm just going to mention one guy from the I last 10 years. I think it's Luck now that Handsome says it. Luck's, Luck's going, man, Jeff Garcia was tough. I mean, I know mm-hmm. people don't think of him in this way, but Jeff Garcia was a really good quarterback for a while with the Niners, and he was extremely elusive, very I gotta, mobile. I got to speak up for my boy Russell Wilson. I know he's young. I know he only has three years in his career, but he is the one guy who I've seen time and time again. He's a magician. Bait, bait pass rushers into thinking they have a sack, and then he just spins around them counterclockwise and gets a lot of yards. I would but take I've him seen, over luck. I'm I've okay with that. I've seen Romo do that for more years than I've seen Wilson do that. That's true, too. I mean, that, I've, it, All right, I've, I leave it to you. To show how egalitarian the Dave Damashek football program can be once in a blue moon, I will leave it to we you We need guys. strong leadership, though, so I'm I, not sure I would, we can make our yeah, minds. I, well, I, feel bad. I, feel, oh, I was going to say, I would say Romo because he's, you talk about iconic plays. I mean, I bet you Romo has as yep. many as anyone in history as far as escapability. Just like All right, then that? I'm saying 5A. I'll give you that one because mm-hmm. he's been around longer, but, but, but kids out there and the 12s especially – Russell Wilson gets five yeah, A, but I also, like, I also like I also like Andrew Luck. So Let's revisit this in seven years. All right, yeah. good stuff there. Number two in the social study comes to us from Socks and Sandal, aka Chad. He says, "Is Julius Thomas a sort of almost Jenga piece? A sort of almost Jenga piece? Of course, the Jenga theory is that if you take out the wrong piece of a franchise, just like Jenga itself, the whole team." can fall apart, will implode upon itself. Julius Thomas, the Denver Jenga piece, well, first of all, the offense is doing still pretty well. They just have shifted philosophy, and now it's all about C.J. Anderson. In my book, well, you know what? I'll bite my tongue, and I'll start with you, Handsome. I think, uh, I mean, it seems like the offense has changed. For me, That's that. if you're a Broncos fan at least, that should be a good thing because what they're proving right now is they can win in January in ways that they weren't able to a year ago. So is he, is he a Jenga piece? No, because it, it hasn't slowed down that much. 
but the emphasis has shifted from Peyton, and mm-hmm. so the question has to be asked: Could they run the same passing offense they were running, you know, at the start of the season? Probably not. No. Eh. I totally agree with Hank on that, but <clears throat> I know what your definition of the Jenga piece is, and I would say absolutely not because 2012. Julius Thomas wasn't making plays like this. They were relying on Jacob Tammy and uh, uh, who's the guy they got from Houston? Uh, he tackled me. Joel Dreesen. Joel, Joel Dreesen. And, and Peyton Manning had a great year in 2012. And I agree. They are more better equipped now to win the Super Bowl than they were last year, even though they're not playing as well offensively. Let me just say this, and I don't want to start conspiracy thoughts or anything, but I'm not the only one talking about it. Peyton Manning, the, this shift to the running game – is working, obviously, but it is covering up. I don't know if it's dead arm right now for a guy who's that age or what's going on, but clearly, if you've been watching the last month of Broncos football, that ball, it, it never is a glory. Right. It never looks like a Flacco pass, mm-hmm. but it, it's dying in the air. He's getting picked off a little bit more than he usually does. I asked some of the guys who watch it, who X and O it up pretty good, Nate Burleson, Daniel Jeremiah, guys like this, uh, you know, the other day, what they're seeing with that, and they agree. There's something going on with that. Uh, not to say he's injured or anything else, and not to say he can't overcome it in January, but right now Peyton Manning at the very least seems to be struggling a little bit, uh, you know, with, with, with throwing the ball. And by the way, as ner- you know, the guy does still ha- did battle nerve damage, and that is medically – a fact that sometimes those things come back in subtle ways and affect the way you play. It'll be interesting in the playoffs if, you know, those tougher defenses that they're obviously going to have to face there decide, all right, instead of, you know, how do you take away Peyton Manning, they say let's take away the running game and make Peyton beat us. He is 38 years old. That's right. I mean, it's it's going to happen. Absolutely valid that, uh, yeah, you lose something off the fastball. And it tends to happen quick. Yes, that is also a key point. Saw that with Marino in 99. When football players, and I I, I won't compare it to any other sport, but specific to football, when it goes, it goes, it goes off a cliff. It is not a gentle roll down a a hill. It is all of a sudden they're great, and then – one, the next day, they just uh, what, what's go? Oh, they're old now. They're, yeah, it's yeah. finished for them. Not saying that's true for Peyton, but right now it's something to keep an eye on to see if he can ramp it back up here as the playoffs approach. All right, last thing: social media, social so, social study <laughs> issue number three comes to us from none other than Tom Brady. No, not Tom Brady, the Patriot. Tom Brady, our boss. So more important that okay. we answer this Sit up one. straight. Yes, this please button. do. I don't want to button this one. Um, yeah. I got a text from Tom, who was with some other. I'm in a shower. Some of our other coworkers in in an airport, and uh, our pal Mark Brady, another of our bosses, was um, in was was with him. And Mark, I guess, ordered soup and chili for lunch at the airport. And Tom furiously texted me, "Is this acceptable?" Obviously, you. You would be texted because of your soup status as as a well as a because soup I, I think Tom understands that you know there it, it's one thing to you know talk about uh, there's some issues that need to be addressed. <laughs> Did you notice but when the it gets whole serious, change in posture right there right. when he answered that? He's taking control. Like, Let me answer that. Let me just uh, pour my body stuff language with one cue. Yeah, I don't shy from tackling the tough issues. No. I've always I've always mm. done it. I, I take them on directly. Okay. So Tom knew that that was a, he he and he did in fact come to the right person. Issue one. Chili and soup acceptable acceptable to order both in the same meal. Let's answer that one first. I'm going to say absolutely. I've done. It's not for everybody, but that's uh, you know. It's fine. It's there's, for the bold, and a, I am among the bold, and I have never complained when I've done it. 
There's one caveat though. You your your soup starter, presumably you're starting with soup following with chili. Your soup starter cannot be a meat-based one. Well, it's funny. It it needs to be broth or right. yeah, you want the heavier one obviously to come second and that was Issue number two, which order do they come in? And you nailed it there. Of course, the chili is your main course. Yes. Soup is never no. a meal unto itself. You know, I'm going to let you handle that because you're the expert there. I'm, I want to talk more about your body language. It reminds me a lot of the first vacation movie when Chevy Chase is driving and he envisions himself in the car with Christy Brinkley. He's got the sunglasses on his head. You remember the cigar? He's just sitting there. I mean, your, your whole, like, everything, just the confidence oozing from you right now. Listen. That Tom went to you. Yeah. Well, I, and I appreciate that, and I, I, I take that responsibility very seriously. Mm-hmm. And not unlike Spider-Man, that uh, heavy responsibility has cost me some friendships I do and have, some relationships over the years. I do have a question, though. If someone had a problem with the soup-chili mix, in theory, then what would be the difference between having carrot sticks and celery sticks with ranch for one and, and maybe peanut butter for the celery sticks? Aren't you doing the same thing? You're, you're taking two finger foods at one time, having two different dips, just like you're taking soup and chili or both liquidy. Yeah, What's listen, it's fine. But uh, yeah, listen, uh, and, and issue number three, that's, this, that sort of leads me into the third question is, is chili a soup? And no. My, no, it's not. No. Chili is chili. Chili, chili is chili, chili. and, and that is one of the great compliments you can give chili and, and any food, <laughs> and there are very few you can give it to. Chili is no more a soup than a hot dog is a sandwich, you know? And if you can distinguish yourself as your own category, I mean, what more could you ask for as a food? The world's your oyster at that point. That's really. right. And in the, in the, in the snobby people of the world all think that the crawfish boil is the way to do a part. Let me A chili cook-off is one of the most fun things you can ever Go to. It's a it's a southern thing. I'm just Whoa, you've never pie off. I'm just saying. Maybe we chili do chili, chili chili cook off is All right. fantastic. All right, get that on the books for 2015 black tie. There you are, Tom Brady, and congratulations to Mark Brady, aka Mr. Bold, for having his chili and his soup. Let's replace have his cake and eat it too with that. He's having his soup and mm, some, chili. some chili. That's living. That's gluttonous to some, but to me, that's not that's not surviving. That's living. All right. Now let's get to the red challenge flag segment, shall we? And uh, black tie, yes. Anything else? Did you need to weigh in on any of those matters that we just uh, went over? Not on. I'm glad you got the Russell Wilson in there. I'm glad you you cast the deciding vote there. Black tie. Would you you put a little cheese on the top of your chili, or do you leave it alone? Actually, I'm going to go with a has black tie eaten it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't eat chili until I moved here, though. That's true. Chili back home is really just red spices. What do you mean? What's back home? Nigeria. Oh yeah, they have chili there. That's kind of, well, no, that seems that's, like I mean, such an American like, item. It's, it's not. It's I mean, I it's a it's just a meat sauce kind of. Yeah, thing. it's not chi- like yeah, chili here. I don't think most places around the world call that chili. But they have the same yeah. dish. Yeah, well, in the UK, what do they call it? Stew. Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, oh, I hate like stew. A, no, we, but we, it's not. It's not. It's it's like a sort of bolon. It's a kind of bolognese. A when mom, yeah. did, man, when mom said we were having stew, I left my toys out. I wanted to get grounded. I wanted to just be sent to my room. I hated stew. Cooked carrots are disgusting. I didn't like stew as stew. a child, but as an adult, I do enjoy. There are many it. types mm-hmm. of different stews, stews, guys. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's what like saying you don't like soup. Yeah. Speaking soup. of speaking of African mm, foods, have you ever had Ethiopian? That's mm, one yes. of the most Good. delicious foods you can have. They give you that thin kind of pancake thing. Fairfax no Olympic, bud. That's right. That's right. No, no. Yeah, that's right. There's a row of them there, and I've eaten those in uh, in Chicago as well. Spicy 
and all earth-toned and no forks. Instead, they give you that thin pancake, and you pick the food straight up with that. That speaks to me. I love that. And food. All right, let's get to it here. And Alex Smith is on his way. But first, it's time for the Red Challenge Flag segment. Red Challenge Flag Mix. All right, fellas. It's no secret that the big ticket item of at least week 15, and really, if you think about it, the biggest story in at least on the field related matters, of course, the Seneca will maybe reference some other darker off the field stuff. But, you know, the big story about uh, actual football related stuff is Johnny football. And as delayed as it was, it is finally here. Johnny football is going to be out there. So we may as well start with that game. The Cincinnati Bengals at the Cleveland Browns. Handsome Hank, I start with you. Dave, for this game, I'm afraid I'm going to go against Johnny Football. It's fine. And take the Cincinnati Bengals. Elliot Harrison, how say you? Dave, I, you know, I, I hate disappointing you, but I'm going to have to leave my Red Challenge flag firmly in my pocket. I'm What's wrong it. with you? Come on, man. Last week, everyone thought the Bengals were going to beat the Steelers. I, I knew the Steelers were going to go in there and hand it to him, and now I think Cincinnati is going to go into Cleveland when people think that Johnny Manziel is going to be this huge spark, and they're not going to know how to deal with it, and I think they're just going to beat him. Has everyone forgotten what Johnny Manziel did or didn't do in the preseason? Like, why why do we suddenly think that Johnny Manziel is going to come in and and revitalize he's the a spark. He's a spark. He's a spark. He's a spark. Guess what? We're at the stage of the season where being a spark isn't going to do it for you. If you have wheels... And you are an unknown entity, which is what Johnny Manziel essentially is. That is going to get you something it, along sure, the way. But he's also he, he's going to run around. Sure, he is going to be problematic. Brian Hoyer does not have the same skill set. Ergo, what are the Bengals looking at in trying to assess what the offense is going to do? It is a wrinkle, he's legitimately. Not, but we, I mean, we've just talked about it. He's not the only elusive. Running, running quarterback in the NFL. There are other guys that you. But can it look might change what can, the Browns do the offensively, so you can't look at their tape and say, "Well, do sure. we know they're going to do this?" Because now number two might change exactly. It might change the nature of what they're trying to do. The big on difference is though that he's he's proven to be an incredibly inaccurate passer. I mean, uh, you know, it's like keep him a, if he wants to run around, but he's going to have to make a throw. I want to watch see what happens when he makes the throw because he doesn't throw accurately. Well. Let me tell you something, and I'm not just getting swept up in it. Maybe I am getting swept up in it. But that place is going to be gaga. That place is going to be wild in Cleveland. I agree with that. This is huge, and that will be relevant in the game. This is this is. You say go bold and and pick. I'm going bold. I'm going brown. That's not going bold. That's going like fun and easy. That's not how dare you. And you you want bold? Guess who's my starting quarterback in the fantasy playoffs this weekend? That's right. Johnny that's, football. No, that's bold. That's, Thank bold. that's bold. But and picking the Browns to win at home with a new quarterback. In a division game. Picking a 7-6 and six team to beat the first place they team in the division. Wait, 24-3 right. this right. year. Okay. Well, so we'll see. Bold or, or vanilla, either way, I'm going Brown. Good for you. Okay, thank you. Well, let's move on then to our next contest. And let's stay in the AFC North. And as I said about three weeks ago, the blend of the NFC South with the AFC North is going to determine who gets into the playoffs from both those divisions. It's really bizarre. The Ravens have handled these bum teams from the South. Other teams in the North have struggled with it, specifically the Steelers. Do you know, 
Eight losses outside the division for the NFC South teams. Yeah. Two of them have been against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I agree with you on this. It's point. embarrassing, right and at, it's in Pittsburgh, and both those games have been in Pittsburgh. You nailed now this. Down to Atlanta. You nailed this weeks ago, right after you said Seattle wasn't making it to the playoffs. You nailed this point. I, I was all. You know what? You can be as snarky as all the twelves are to me on on social media. They ain't in yet. I mean, I that's true. I, I got. True. I, I actually got a tweet from a Seahawks fan who demanded that I apologize for that, and I retract it immediately. I said, I, 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 I didn't yet. heard that they clinched a playoff spot yet. When, I agree I'll, with that. I'll acknowledge that I was wrong when, when I'm actually wrong. And that There's was a, a huge win by Arizona. A little bit underrated win right. uh, on the Week 14 slate, if you ask me. Cardinals winning at home against Kansas City. Completely agree with you about that. And that, that division, the NFC West, still comes down to, in all likelihood, comes down to the game in Arizona next weekend. And... We'll get to that game, but the, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on Niners and uh, Seahawks here. Meantime, let's do what I uh, started to get into. The Pittsburgh Steelers at 8-5, and five, at their best, look about that look like they could compete with anybody, and at their worst, they lose to the Bucks and Jets and Saints. At the Atlanta Falcons at 5-8, and eight, still relevant in that awful division. Elliot Harrison, how say you? I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road. The Falcons look pretty frisky on Monday night against mm-hmm. the Packers in the second half. But I still think the Steelers, who have surprised uh, us at the wrong times, I think they're going to be they'll, – they'll handle this. They're, they've got to. I, I'm, you know, I, 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 can't make a, I can't make an intelligible pick here. It makes no sense that the Steelers would stri- – I mean, their secondary is lousy, and Matt Ryan's skill, his primary skill is that deep ball. But if Julio Jones isn't ready to go – and their secondary is terrible, too. So Ben Roethlisberger, if accurate on this day, should also have a big night or big uh, afternoon in Atlanta. I'll give it I'll give it to the Steelers. I miss Drew I mean, Statton on this. Can we get a memorial? Uh, yeah. There he is, the bad statitude that it, he brings. The, because Atlanta, I believe, is giving up the most yards per play in the NFL at 6.2, the most yards per game. And I believe Pittsburgh is number two in those categories. Most passing yards per game, Atlanta is the worst. I think Pittsburgh is two to only Indianapolis. It's not a good matchup for the Falcons. Well, we shall see. And, uh, of course, the Steelers, if I'm right, and the Browns take care of the Bengals and the Steelers win, they would find themselves in first place in that division. All right, let's go to the NFC East and uh, Elliott Harrison's favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys. Nice and fresh. They had a couple extra days after that victory in Chicago. Cold as it was. They needed the rest there. Cowboys at the Eagles. Handsome Hank, how say you? I think if the Cowboys do the same thing we saw them do in Chicago and, and keep just plugging away, handing the ball, getting the ball in DeMarco Murray's hands, the Cowboys can go into Philadelphia and win it. EH. I, I'm going to leave my red flag in my pocket. You two I, are the worst. I, I tell you all the time, conflict is the is the heart of I, any we good We don't drama. plan this. We don't I, plan I know, this. But I'd like you to go against each I, other. I agree. The Cowboys offensive line, that was the one game this year where I felt like they got beat at the point of attack, really beat, and maybe San Francisco week one, but they looked tired to me. They had played a Sunday night game against the Giants uh, right before that. I don't think Fletcher Cox is going to just dominate this game. Cowboys, 10 days rest. I, I do. I like Dallas. That doesn't mean Dallas is going to win the NFC East, by the way. Mm-hmm. I just think they win this game. All right, and uh, let's round it out here with a couple. I'm trying to find some games here, Black Tie. I don't know what to do. They won't go against one another. Forty. Well, I know you're going to both take the Seahawks in the clink, right? Yes. There, there's not, yes. Not re- yep. yes. I'm really tempted, and uh, it's to be determined, but I have a feeling that somehow Navarro Bowman's coming back. 
I just feel like I mean, that's where he had his knee ruined, and arguably that's where things really started to go in the in the wrong direction for the Niners overall. It's been Did, a mess of us. I thought that happened in New Orleans. No, no? it happened okay. in uh, no. It was the title game uh, in uh, up in Seattle. Oh, it was. Yeah. Um, I I just one last hurrah. Can you see them saying one last time we got humiliated at home? Let's not go out like this, fellas. But I still don't think they win. I do agree with you, though. I think it's going to be a dogfight. I do. I I think people are expecting Seattle to hammer them, and I don't. I don't see that. I I mean, I can't figure out any games that you guys are going to disagree with. You're both taking the Colts over the Texans in Indy, right? Yes, please. Yes, please. You're both going to take the Patriots in Foxborough over the Dolphins, right? Uh, Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, you guys stink. How, here's a good one, and we'll finish it with this. The Green Bay Packers steamrolling everybody in Lambeau, at least. A pretty tough little uh, road test here for a team that, if, if they lose, they are definitely 100% done. At the Buffalo Bills, Elliot Harrison, how say you? Uh, I love this game. This is maybe the game I'm looking the most forward to. Uh, I, I really think it's going to be great, but I, I like Green Bay right now. Not because I don't think Buffalo can match up with them. I, I just Eddie I Lacy may not even be out there too. I don't know. trust Kyle Orton right, right now. That's the problem for me, and I'm going to go the same way as Elliot. No red flags for me. Is that if you can, you know that Aaron Rodgers is going to score some points. I don't see Kyle Orton keeping pace with Aaron Rodgers in a in like. You a know what my out. problem is? The two of you get someone who's frisky in here, Black well, Tie. Let's hear what you would. Let's hear what you would have picked for. All you, those didn't games. Pick, you didn't pick. I did didn't tell pick you already. You, the one, you disagreed with us with the Browns because you're enamored with Johnny Manziel. I'm not That's enamored. It. I but I I'm I well you know what I am. You and are in fact, yes. And on NFL.com before the week is out, and also on NFL Now, I did a little, uh, a little, uh, you know, uh, essay, if you will, about Johnny Football, his arrival, and the significance of what is in front of him. It is this opportunity, isn't just to etch himself into in the, the top slot for 2015 on the Cleveland Browns depth chart or anything like that. What he could do if he can run the table here. Is is just remarkable. If you think of the 15 games from Sunday to the last Sunday of the season, what he can achieve playing the Bengals, then the Panthers, and then in Baltimore is really lofty stuff. So I'm, I, 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 yes, I'm excited about the narrative that exists there. Oh, there potentially. It is. There's the but, word. But but, I, but but that's not what is dictating my pick. I like that I Browns defense. Right, that's fine. I like but the Browns defense against Andy Dalton. What else do you disagree Dalton. with us? What but else have you I'm disagreed blame, with us? On? I'm going to blame you on this one because you didn't take. I take the Eagles. I'm taking did, the Eagles. But because you wanted the sexy games. You didn't p- take the games that are the hardest to pick. I right. mean, I, I think Washington, New York is tough. I think because Tampa, it's meaningless. Tampa so who Bay, can Carolina call those games? They're, they're, they're irrelevant games at this point. So hey, what are you doing? You You're flipping coins. To, who's going to show I'm up? I'm just saying. All right, let's do one more. This is a relevant game. The Denver Broncos at the San Diego Chargers. Handsome Hank, I'll say you. That's a good one too. That's a good one. Um, then do the right thing. I'm going to pick the San Diego Chargers <laughs> because right. I'm under pressure. <laughs> I hope Elliot does Only as well. do it if that's what your heart no, tells you to do. No, I, I t- it's a tough one. I mean, why not? Look, we just talked about the, the issues Peyton Manning's having. Let's say this is the game where the Chargers say, we're, we're taking away C.J. Anderson. You beat us. We'll see what happens. You go to the Chargers? 
Yeah, I'll, get, I'll take the charges. Just to keep... I mean, what do we do to keep Dave happy? I agree. Please. You know, it, remember it, that I gave you... I allowed life. you to reply. You gave us... <laughs> remember that I gave you life. Remember that I let you have Roger Staubach at number one on the toughest... I let you list. read the FanDuel. Right? Yeah, he did, he did <laughs> let me read the FanDuel thing. No, he wasn't he, here on time. No, you know what? That was not something that I decided. That mm. was something Fate that decided. Handsome... No, yes, that's exactly right. Well, preparation. That's, that's something that Handsome decided... With his effort, right. with hard his work and preparation. Juice and Meisner's acting. Uh, okay, so I uh, listen because this is all sincerity about your Chargers pick. Uh, I'm gonna have to throw my red challenge. Yay! Yes, Finally, I am. I'm gonna. I I uh, I love this game. I lo- I love this game. It's gonna be so fun to watch. But I do think Denver's gonna win because of C.J. Anderson. San Diego is going to have to account for that. And if Demarius Thomas gets caught with any Chargers uh, corner one-on-one, I think that is going to be a mismatch. San Diego, though, has done a bang-up job against Denver defensively, except for this year. But in the other five games they played against Denver, they haven't gotten 400 yards of offense. Can I tell you something else, too? Sure. It's, it's what we always attributed to North Turner teams. Maybe a Phil Rivers thing for some reason, which is – that he gets better as the season goes along. I know the Chargers played well early this year, but they uh, perennially lose some games in September and October, and you think, "What? I thought the Chargers were kind of good this year, and I guess they're not. And then they turn it on somehow. And th- like I said, that might be a Phil Rivers thing rather than what we always thought was his ex-head coach there. I agree, man. I think he has a chance to steal this game. You've called me a Romo apologist, but I've been a uh, under-the-radar Rivers apologist for oh, a long I'll, time. I'll apologize for Phil Rivers at any point. He's, I love that guy. He's a great player. At least he says something, right? In a yeah, world where everyone. almost no one says anything, at least Soft he talks. body language. If he's not your number one, you're insane. Yeah, but people get you know all down on him for his body language on the field, the way he hollers at players. I love that. Vince Wilfork was saying in the pregame last week, he goes, I love playing the guy. I'll smack him. I'll hit him really hard, and he'll get up and say, that's all you got, man? Yeah. And, you know, he doesn't care. He just wants to play. I lo- How can you not like a guy like that? That's I what's like- fun. And before we go to Alex Smith, real quick, this was a, a week of all time. I don't want to say dumb, but sort of what we're, what is going through your brain? Is that your – are you so deluded that you believe these things? The Marvin Lewis crack to me is funny. It's politically incorrect, but it's a funny thing to say. And for him to get beaten up over it is is – what's you know not what's wrong with society but settle down there are real issues in the world this isn't one of them but the the things that were foolish were one geno smith announcing hey i've shown flashes of being a a pro bowl caliber quarterback yeah well everybody does who gets to start if you play enough you're eventually going to make a couple of throws and like see that that looks pretty good right it's pretty good i haven't done it for more than one play at a time but (laughs) that's diluted but in dominican sue saying my agent will choose where uh, where I play in my next contract is just so out of touch with mm-hmm. I know it's the truth and I love the truth and I want the truth uh but on the other hand I mean from a PR standpoint it's such uh like I say an out of touch thing to say I mean the Lions are on the cusp of getting back to the playoffs this is exciting and how excited is Indomic and Sue to be a part of this of this exciting run here well, I don't know. I mean, wherever my agent puts me is I'll, I'll be cool I with agree, he, man. He then, he was asked as well. I agree with you, although I, it, it doesn't quite mesh with your no-jive talk. I whatever. agree, but, but it is. But he it was is. then asked, what are, what are his favorite things about, you know, during his, his tenure with the Lions? And he said, I guess playing on Thanksgiving and some other stuff. 
he couldn't yeah. think of anything <laughs> that was like that you know that represented the fun the cool things he's done while playing for the Lions. Just, <laughs> just you know Thanksgiving Day games and stuff. Which, which is also ironic, given that uh, one of his most infamous deeds was right. uh, was kicking the guy on uh, New on Year's. I, I mean, on Thanksgiving. You, you know what's interesting to me? I was just thinking about this, and I know you're going to get to Alex Smith, but one more point on Rivers is that we kind of lament losing some of those broadcasters that just don't sound like the homogenist, you know what I mean, middle America, like the Myron Copes of the world, the Jack Bucks of the world. That's what I like about Philip Rivers is all these quarterbacks now, they, so many of them just look robotic to me. They all, you know, they're all taught the same thing. Phillip Rivers has the most quirky delivery style. He throws the ball down the field. He takes chances. I love watching him play, and I don't think there are a lot of guys like him it's left. It's funny you say that because I think he is, I, of all the guys, and I love Ike Taylor and uh, Terrence Newman and Nate Burleson's doing great work. And a lot of great talkers out there, you know, in a sea of guys who don't say anything, there are some guys that that have a lot to say and are, are fascinating to listen to. But I think Philip Rivers is going to be one of the greats. When he, he gets be. out of there, if he wants to be an analyst, uh, he he will be uh, top shelf from day one. All right, let's get out of here to, uh, by uh, by Kibitzin with uh, Alex Smith here. Here he is, everybody. A team that is uh, desperately will need to win. Um, I'm probably win out in order to get to the playoffs. Here he is, Alex Smith. You listen to Dave Damashek. All right, joining us now on the Dave Damashek football program, the star quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, brought to us by Vizio. Here he is, everybody. It's Alex Smith. What's happening, man? How's it going? Well, it's going much better now that uh, I'm speaking with you. You know, I've always wondered about you, and now I see your T-shirt, and I guess that's my answer. Do you like the color red? Because it would be bad if you didn't, given your <laughs> career arc. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a few years now. I haven't taken this this color off. Yeah, I mean, all the way back to the Utah days. What do you do? By the way, speaking yep. of that, the Utah days. Are you rooting now? Because, uh, like we said, we'll talk about uh, what you're doing with Vizio um, with the uh, Fiesta Bowl. But are you an Urban Meyer guy for this Final Four, or are you now a Pac-12 guy rooting for uh, for the your former Utes now in the in that conference? Yeah, uh, definitely pulling for Coach Meyer. Uh, you know, he and I are very close and, and uh, you know, went through a lot together and he's one of the best coaches I've ever had. And, and you know, a, a guy that does it the right way and uh, certainly pulling it for pulling for him. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I'm sure, obviously, for obvious reasons, you wouldn't answer who's the better coach. And I'm sure you get asked that a lot. But who's the more fun guy? I'm always curious about Andy Reid seems like a hoot. But then again, Jim Harbaugh seemed like he had a way about him himself. Yeah, I, I I really don't want to get into comparing. I'll, I'll, I've been I played for a bunch of great coaches, and they're all different. Um, loving where I'm at right now, though. Yeah, I can imagine why. Do you like the city of Kansas City? Is that a fun place to be, or do you skew more uh, Bay Area? I'll tell you what. It, it's been an amazing uh, experience coming here, uh, starting with the people. Uh, the people have been so great, uh, so welcoming. Um, it, it's been an easy, easy transition. So. Yeah, barbecue guy. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good, good, good. Um, so what about then, we'll get into the Chiefs as well here in a second, but um, you, do you have a soft spot given your career trajectory and uh, where you came from? And, and really, it, it felt a little delayed when you really broke out in a big fashion. Do you have a soft spot for the likes of Brian Hoyer and Drew Stanton? Do you, is there a place in you that kind of is rooting for those guys? Uh it's tough. I, I mean, I, I don't know what's going on in any of those situations, and it's tough to even worry about. And 
certainly, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, some of these guys that I've known over the years, uh, yeah, you do pull for them when, when it's appropriate um, just because you've gotten to know them. Um, but other than that, like I said, don't know what's going on in a lot of those situations, so it, it's really hard to comment. What are you doing? Talk about your situation and what you and Vizzy are doing with the Fiesta Bowl this year. Yeah, it's, it's been a very cool experience. Like you said, I got the chance to play the Fiesta Bowl, uh, and now 10 years later, uh, with, with Vizio, given a chance to uh, give away a trip to this year's Vizio Fiesta Bowl. Uh, fans can go online and submit their own game day hacks uh, to Vizio.com slash Fiesta Bowl for a chance to win. Uh, very, very cool. Uh, some fun stuff on there online to check out, and, and fans, like I said, can can put their own on there, and, and, and the winner gets to go to this year's Vizio Fiesta Bowl. Was the Fiesta Bowl that you're referring to against Pitt? It was, yes. Well, I'm from Pittsburgh, and that, that, uh, that game made me feel a little bit sad. But I have for years, you know, from the time you got drafted through the first few years of your career, I would say this guy doesn't just have the ability to throw it, but he can really run around quite a bit. Do you feel like the national perception sort of ignores or has uh, forgotten to some degree that you were one of the real trailblazers of the dual threat quarterback. We see more and more read option these days, but you really are one of the first guys to succeed doing that. Uh, you know, I don't know. I haven't given it much thought, uh, to be honest with you. I, I think certainly it, it, you've seen it. It's been funny over my career. You've seen it now, obviously, drift into the NFL uh, with more and more guys doing it in college and, and uh, certainly some of those coaches coming to the NFL level. Uh, so it's been interesting to see that uh, transition where it's been more and more acceptable uh, to have some, you know, quarterbacks utilize their legs with, with more, um, you know, run-directed offenses. So uh, been interesting, and it's been fun as well, obviously, for me. I feel like it's a strength of mine, and, and when I do get those opportunities to, you know, go out there and try and take advantage of them. The Kansas City Chiefs of 2014 have been pretty much the definition of roller coaster. Two losses, two wins, then you go on the five-game win streak. The last three have been down. You know, do you want to do something like Flacco did a few years ago and said, I'm the best quarterback in the league, and Eli Manning was touting himself? Joe, Joe Namath, in fact, once predicted that he would win a Super Bowl. Do you want to guarantee three straight wins and a playoff berth for the Kansas City Chiefs? Uh, you know what? I'm worried about winning this game this Sunday. and uh, Got a lot on our plate. we got the Raiders coming to town, a big division game. Uh, a chance for us to get back on track. I know that this has been asked of you, I'm going to guess, about 600,000 times already. But the wide receivers of the Kansas City Chiefs have zero touchdown reception so far this year. Now, Travis Kelsey and the great Jamal Charles are pretty good, uh, uh, you know, alternatives there. And that's really where that production has gone. But is this something that you are, do, do you talk about this? Is this something that you would uh, that, that you and Andy Reid or the receivers or anybody are talking about? We have to figure that out. Is that uh, something, uh, like you say, on your plate? Now, you know, you know, the really great thing is that we got a group that, that's more worried about us scoring points in general and us winning games uh, than necessarily who gets to score them. Uh, we got a bunch of guys that, that put team first uh, before themselves and, and really believe that. Uh, so it's been refreshing to come to work and, um, you know, certainly get asked about it a lot, but we, we got a bunch of guys that, uh, like I said, are worried about winning games more than uh, scoring touchdowns. Uh, last question, a question for you, Alex Smith, is uh, Christmas is right around the corner. What do you want for Christmas? <laughs> uh, I haven't thought about it. Like I said, uh, enough on my plate. Uh, just trying to get a W uh, this Sunday. All right, can I make a suggestion? Maybe a blue or a green sweater, just to change it up, you know? <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, it could be nice. All yeah. right, yeah. Maybe sure. like a multicolored kind of thing, you know, just you know, to break out a little bit. There you go. <laughs> All right. Thank very, thanks very much for the, uh, for the time, Alex Smith. Best wishes to you coming down the stretch here. And, uh, and again, Vizio and uh, the Fiesta Bowl, Alex Smith, all hooking up. Thanks to Vizio for the time. And, uh, and obviously, thanks to you as well, Alex Smith. Thanks for having me. All right, so there it is. Good times with him. And again, if you're getting, if you know Alex or don't, and are getting him a Christmas present, anything but red. You know, like I said, maybe a nice rainbow sweater, an argyle of some sort. Anyhow, uh, good times. Thanks to Alex Smith. Thanks to Black Tie Behind the Glass. And uh, be on the lookout for the video version of part, at least, of what you just heard here. Um, That'll be up there on NFL.com. And NFL Now, the power rankings, and uh, Handsome Hank's fan duel reads. Thanks to, to these guys for being in here. We'll be back after week 15 to break it all down for you. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.